NWA 75 is coming up this weekend as we're recording. Uh, I know you've said this, and I'm going to paraphrase it in other interviews, but you you said you see your goals in the NWA uh, in like five and 10 year periods. Like you're not looking for the immediate check off the list. Like here's your, you know, you, you see it more long-term goals. Uh, have you been doing that since NWA 70? Yeah. I mean, I would say I've had to kind of keep amending and mm. of course there was a pandemic in there. Um, in the beginning, it was very much just trying to figure out what I had. I brought in my own preconceptions about what the NWA legacy meant. Um, and which is great, but it doesn't always translate to say somebody who's 20 mm. who might've read a Wikipedia entry that says, Oh, it's this big deal, but they have no emotional connection to it. Like I do or anybody say over 45. Um, and unfortunately also a lot of the 45 wrestling audience was either a WWE fan going back through WWF or just said, I'm not interested in wrestling anymore because they didn't either like what the WWF WWE became and their WCW style wrestling went away and went out of the market completely for 20 years. So they just stopped watching wrestling. And just because I bought the NWA doesn't mean they all came running back. And even if they had wanted to, well, what network, what what weekly television show could they have watched? So um, so all the magical things I think you hope would happen when you buy something like the NWA didn't happen. Mm -hmm. So around NWA 70 was probably where I first started evaluating. OK, at least let's at least start here. Let's kind of put a marker in the ground. 70th anniversary. Let's put together a credible show. Uh, Jeff Jarrett was involved in helping put that show together. Um, and, you know, we just kind of got off to a start. You know, we like we started somewhere. May 1st, 2017, that's the date that it was announced that you were acquiring NWA. But as you mentioned, NWA 70 was really like the big tentpole event that really kicked things off in a bigger way. So that's why I asked about the, the five-year goal, because that was 70 we're at 75 it's you know it, it's more of a benchmark so i wasn't sure if uh you were looking at things that way but do you do you have any of those goals back then that maybe you've reached in that five-year period that hasn't changed that you're like all right reflecting like here's one i'm really proud of like i wanted to get here to this point and we we did it yeah i think i think we've made the transition from hey, it's this vintage brand, it's cool, it's back running, to now, wait, it's very contemporary. The product is voicing up very modern and the roster is getting younger by the by the month. And you're starting to see that core brand of NWA talent that are under contract that are going to be the stars of tomorrow. Um, I love working with veteran talent. Um, some of my favorite people in the company to work with are veteran talent. But, you know, like music, like wrestling, it's always about young people. It's about new stars and them having their moment. That's where the audience really seems to come forward. If you, even when you look at when people talk about old school wrestling, it's almost always when those wrestlers were coming into their own prominence. Mm -hmm. You know, Hulk when he broke through and Dusty when he broke through and even Flair, you know, it's always about those moments. 
or even the Cindy Lauper kind of moment, the WWF, where this whole generation suddenly connected with wrestling in this new way. So, yeah, I'm very proud that we've been able to pivot off of what people originally thought. And now you can see very clearly kind of what the NWA is, is, is and will be going forward. So it, is it fair to say it was necessary to make it a throwback show? Because I'll call it like the end of the fire era. Like when you first came back, it was very much old school NWA, like men will be men. It was promo heavy. You had guys that could talk and fight. And now there, I think there is an obvious youth movement where you have names like Kerry Morton and Colby Carino, you know, sort of filling that spot that you're talking about. Like they're going to be the new stars, but it it feels like an evolution of the brand. Is that fair to say? Like you had to do the one first before you could do this current version. Yeah. I mean, I like the old way. Mm -hmm. Um, and if the old way worked, I think I'd still do it, but it doesn't really work. It works for a short term, but long term, no. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm not a person who wants to mention my music career every five seconds, but where it does apply to your question is I went through the same thing in music. You know, I started off and I had a certain style and then we would play a show and you think like, Okay, that one works and that one doesn't. And and so I'm very used to having to kind of figure it out on the fly. I'm very comfortable with that. Um, and I understand the way wrestling works sometimes where people feel like you've got to make a statement and like, this is who we are in big capital letters. And in fact, I used to get in arguments with certain talents who wanted me to kind of pick a lane and just stick in that lane. And I kept saying, but that's just not the way I work. I'm I'm okay with some failure. I'm okay with some experimentation. And by the way, we're we're you know, and this is of course a few years ago, you know, we're a small company. We we have the latitude to figure it out. We're not we don't have to draw two million people every week to watch us on Monday night. And if we make a misstep, we're really going to pay for it, and the advertisers are going to be mad. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you experiment at this stage? So, um, it's been an interesting journey um, because you know, somewhere between what the audience wants or thinks it wants and what the uh, what the wrestlers want or what they think they want. Somewhere in there is a true thing that's the best of all worlds, where the talent meets the audience and exciting things start to happen. And, you know, uh, we have wrestling out on the tour I'm doing right now, World is a Vampire Tour. Um, it's amazing to watch the NWA talent work with a very, very general audience who doesn't watch wrestling. And the reason you know is because they don't pop for all the normal stuff. You know, somebody's slapping on the turnbuckle to get the crowd into it. Nobody starts applauding. I mean, you were, we are talking about an audience that does not watch wrestling. And to watch them really enjoy the NWA uh, talent, do what they do best, it's a really cool thing to watch. So that tells me we're doing it right. We just got to keep working towards finding that bigger platform to reach everybody. So I did want to talk about that, uh, the, the tour, taking talent out on that. It kind of reminds me of some of the stuff that MTV used to do where they'd go to spring break, they'd do the winter bash. Like, I don't remember what event it was, but Conan was featured on one of the shows and there was like a guy jumping a snowmobile and it was very much like not a wrestling show. It was not a concert. It was just sort of this hybrid of sorts. When you take like talent out and put on a wrestling show on tour, like, 
how much of this is using your musical spotlight to highlight them and how much of it is trying to appeal to a, a different audience and maybe bring them into the wrestling fold? Well, as a marketing exercise, I think it's it's um, it's upside is sort of mixed, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's expensive. And you could argue you could take that same amount of money that you're spending and use digital advertising on Instagram and Twitter and, and kind of achieve the same result. For us, it's valuable because I think it allows uh, myself and the talent to see how we integrate with the general audience. So even if it's a bit of R&D, it shows me that there is an audience out there that will be interested in the NWA. We just have to figure out how to reach them. Um, it's a bit of fun. Mm -hmm. um, and we're getting some cool stuff out of it. Even just having the talent out here right now to cut some fresh promos for going into NWA 75. Uh, I've done a lot of things over the last five or six years that don't make financial sense, but have been beneficial to the company as far as building a culture. Um, and, and you know, it's a small thing. But when a talent pulls me aside and says, look, this is the coolest thing I've ever done. And I've been in wrestling for 15 years. It's so fun and interesting and different. And just to be outside of our normal lane. So what, you know, however all that adds up, if it's NWA or it's Billy's world somehow, it sort of seems to be working. And I, mm -hmm. I hope to do more of it. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm at a point now where I can even see a scenario where I, I might be able to pitch uh, Live Nation, who I work with, you know, uh, with with the band, uh, biggest promoter really in the world. You know, with the idea that maybe there's a there's a way to take wrestling out with other tours, not necessarily my own tours and have the wrestling be additive as, as part of the marketing for mm. certain tours. Um, I think we're kind of in the neighborhood of that. So maybe that it might even be turned into its own business because the integration point is a lot better than I think anybody would have imagined. And I think we've done it now 14 times, Mexico, Australia, and now America. And the mm. results have always been the same. There hasn't been one bad show, one bad thing where you thought, oh, this was a pointless exercise. So it really is there. You've been uh, going to St. Louis. You've done some Southern markets. Are you looking at, and this maybe could apply to how you're looking at this potential hypothetical Live Nation touring thing, or maybe just standalone NWA shows? Are you looking at any other markets, new markets? Like, for example, I'm I'm in Philadelphia. Uh, you're from Chicago. You just did 312. Any other markets that you're looking to maybe get a stronghold in or make a regular home, so to speak? Yeah, um, we have had been in discussions at different times with, you know, what is affectionately known as the ECW arena. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was called 2300 now. Or, yeah. Uh, we would love to run there. Um, and we've also looked at New York at different times. Um, we were hoping to run uh, Philly this year. It just hasn't worked out. That building's booked a lot, unfortunately. And the way we work is we tend to book kind of shorter windows. We don't book things out nine months in advance. Um, honestly, a lot have to do with our TV scheduling. So um, when that changes, I wouldn't mind booking the building out way in advance and knowing we're coming in. I think Philadelphia would be a market that would really, really enjoy the NWA. Um, I'm not saying we're ECW. I don't think we're anything like ECW. But what I do know about Philly fans is they like wrestling with real physicality. Um, and the NWA is at its most physical right now in 2023, probably since it's been, I guess you could argue since the Crockett times. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so I think the Philly audience in particular would really appreciate the NWA style. Uh, not a lot of frills, but if you like people going at it, um, like I would point to, you know, an NWA 75 match, which is coming up, which is Homicide versus Joe Alonzo. Joe Alonzo, young NWA superstar. Of course, anybody who's a wrestling fan knows Homicide. And Joe Alonzo, you know, has been cutting some really interesting promos on his social media. He did one where he he did an imitation of uh, like he was talking like very down to homicide and he does an imitation of homicide. And I watched it. I was like, oh, my God, homicide's going to beat the hell out of you. <laughs> if that ain't Philly, I don't know what is, you know what I mean? Because Paul Lee was really good at getting that sense of two people in competition over something that isn't always a championship. You know, yeah. it's not pride and it's not a championship. It's somewhere in between something personal. Um, I think I think I think this feud has that kind of feel to it. And so that feels cool. You know? I, I do want to mention Camille, somebody else that's going to be on NWA 75 this weekend. Her title reigns at 800 days and counting. I think it's 806 today. She could reach Jazz 948. I don't. Mula has three of the top reigns and they're all over a thousand days so i don't want to yeah. put that sort of pressure on her but let's just say jazz is in reach and then we'll see from there but uh there doesn't really seem to be that sort of fatigue with camille compared to other champions where uh, across wrestling i'm not going to name anybody specific but it's always like oh what are they going to do next or oh they're they're only holding it until we get here where you know, really, it's like month to month or week to week. You really look forward to what she's doing and she's had a solid reign. How do you. F I know you're proud of her work because she's still your champion, but how how do you think the response has been as far as that element of fans not getting tired of seeing her as a champion yet? Well, I have an interesting perspective on it because um, when we brought Camille in, you know, since really the beginning there was a sense that, um, you know, this is somebody who has no upside as a professional wrestler. She might have an upside as a valet. She might have an upside as a sort of a person, uh, but future champion, no way too green. Um, doesn't have whatever it takes for whatever reason, maybe because I got to know her a bit as a person and knowing her, uh, her background as an athlete mm -hmm. in a division one sports, I said, that's my future champion. That's my future of the women's division. And when I think Camille won the belt, um, I think she maybe had had something like 12, 14, 15 matches. There wasn't a ton of work there. Uh, and people did question, how can you be putting the belt on somebody that has this level of experience? Internally, not just externally. Mm -hmm. She has proven... Basically, anybody who ever doubted her in the professional wrestling business, and I would include a company, a company that she at one point worked for and, and decided not, that she didn't have the upside. She's proven everybody wrong. So we haven't seen her at her absolute peak yet, which is kind of weird, because usually people don't win belts until they kind of actually have shown they have a peak. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the audience, for lack of a better way to put it, is watching her grow month to month into that stature that a true champion carries the, the mystique, the charisma, the ability to wrestle at the highest levels. 
and I don't mean this as criticism, um, you know, growing up as somebody who played basketball, you know, I, I hated practice. You know, I just thought practice was the worst thing in the world. But if you put me in a game, I was a gamer, which in Chicago language means I could show up in the game and play at my highest level in practice. I was probably not a great player. I'm not saying Camille's that person, but I call her a gamer because Camille's best matches have always happened when the lights are the brightest and the opponent is the toughest. Mm. There's something about that kind of championship DNA that only certain people have. Because I've seen other athletes shrink when the lights are bright. Uh, as someone who's been in that situation personally, obviously in a different field of endeavor, I don't have a lot of empathy for people who shrink when the lights are bright. Sorry. It's just the nature of the game. If you're a gamer or you're a star, you want the pressure. You want the lights on you. You want your name being called. And she has that thing. And so, you know, she's been complaining uh, personally and publicly about facing Markova again uh, on the first night of the pay-per-view. Because in her mind, she's already beat Markova and Markova's not up to her level. I not only disagree, I think Markova's got her number on a lot of different levels, psychologically, physically. And you could argue that Markova's, although Markova's smaller than her, is just as tough as Camille. I like that Camille is going to have to up her game on the biggest stage with the brightest lights against a Markova because I don't think the world's seen Markova at her best yet either because mm -hmm. Markova is also a gamer. So I like that matchup on paper. And, you know... There are moments when, you know, you could you could have teams re meet in the regular season and there's a result. And then everyone, when they get to the Super Bowl, everybody says, well, this is a different game. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but Camille and Markova at NWA 75, that pressure that night um, with the idea that there's also a gauntlet going on that night, that whoever wins the gauntlet has to face the champion night, too. So if Camille can get through Markova, which obviously she feels she can then Camille's got to face whoever comes out of that gauntlet as well. Uh, that's a tough thing to run. Like, do you keep something in the tank? You know, is it one of those things where you're trying to, you got to give everything you got to beat Markova, but then do you got to keep something in the tank because you got to beat somebody else the next night? I love that. And, 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 and Camille's been up to it. This is, this would be the third year in the row where she'll have the chance to pull that feet off. Um, she hates, she hates having to wrestle both nights, but, that's the way we roll in the NWA. We want the toughest champions out there. She's certainly been doing great work so far. As you said, she's going to have to see if she gets out of the weekend with the title, but 948's in reach. I'll, I'll leave it at that. But uh, <laughs> I have a couple more questions for you. Um, you've been generous with your time so far. Uh, I wanted to go back to something you said earlier about uh, failures and you know how you 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 are expected to you know stay in your lane and stay in this box and you know it seems like every time you say something it's like oh well he has to stick to it like for from a wrestling perspective but how do, how would you whether it's advice for another promoter or maybe just somebody who is doubtful about what you plan on doing with the NWA, how would you say like they should evaluate uh, your different failures? Cause you said, you're not afraid to fail. You're not afraid to take chances. So how would you say maybe 
not take it so literally or don't put so much into it? Like, what is your sort of approach or response to somebody saying like, well, you said this, you have to do this. Like you should be in this. Like, Sure. I think it's always important. And this is the right context to bring this point up. It's important to evaluate anybody in the entertainment world with what are they actually trying to accomplish? Um, There are independent promoters who are very successful in the American wrestling scene. Uh, In fact, I work with one all the time, Joe Kazana out of Knoxville, the Kazana family, AJ Kazana wrestles for the NWAs is one half of the uh, U.S. Tag Champions, the country gentleman. And Joe Kazana used to wrestle not only for the NWA, but also for the WWF back in the day. Joe Kazana is, has a very successful promotion. They're about to run a show that's going to draw about 4,000 people. Joe Kazana is a local independent promoter who's trying to draw from his own local area. Um, the NWA is an international promotion that's trying to set up Another run of success for the NWA that involves international television licensing deals, merchandise deals, toys. So every decision I'm trying to make at the local level, a show in St. Louis, a show hopefully we haven't announced it yet coming up pretty soon uh, somewhere else in America. uh, I have to balance, okay, we got to sell tickets to St. Louis. We got to sell tickets in Nashville, like at the TV tapings. Why at the same time I'm trying to figure out, am I going to have a product that's going to work in Japan, Mexico, Canada, Abu Dhabi? Mm -hmm. It's hard at the level that we're at for people to understand that that's my calculus. My calculus is success is international. It's can we compete at the highest levels of the wrestling business? If I just wanted a real hot independent promotion, I mean, I have more money than Paul Heyman ever did. And I don't mean that as a slight. Paul, to me, is a genius. What I'm saying is if all I did was blow money and run 12 events a year and put on really, really good, strong shows and hire the best available independent talent, I think the NWA name would be a little hotter in the mouths of the marks, but it wouldn't be, it wouldn't take me one inch closer to the deal that I'm after, mm-hmm. which is big licensing deals. Um, and, and I, I, and again, I don't mean this is a slight, I wasn't able to buy my way up towards the top of the line. I wasn't able to sit with the major network and say, I can bring all this money to the table like WWE can or Tony can, you know, so we have to be more crafty at how we're positioning ourselves. So over here, I'm trying to build a very strong wrestling culture with a very particular identity. We've done that. We've gone younger and we put a bunch of young talent under contract. Okay, that's done. We've gotten past, like, let's call it the NWA as a nostalgia thing or Billy's side hustle. That's done. Mm-hmm. Now we're in the serious game of, like, can we actually pull this off? So look at it as, are we positioned? Here's the question I was asking anybody who's interested. Is the NWA positioned to have a run of success? My argument would be yes. Can we have the resources, the talent, and the drive to do it? And that's that'll do, if you and I talk five years from now at NWA 80, that's how we would evaluate. You told me for 75, this is where you were at. Okay, well, here we are five years later. Did you get that TV deal? Did you get that merchandising deal? Did you get the toy deal? Were you able to bring in the resources where now you're running more consistently instead of running 26 times a year and doing five pay-per-views and 100 hours of television? Now you're doing 200 hours of television and you're doing 12 pay-per-views a year, whatever will be the calculus in five years from now. Because we all know 
if anybody pays attention, the landscape is changing so fast. And now with the writer's strike going on in L.A., uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of focus on, I think, on live sports in the in the in the interim. And whether that strike lasts six weeks, six months, who knows? But right now, people are trying to figure out future television schedules. So it really does put live event uh, sports into a better position. So who knows? And I don't mean that take advantage of a, a negative situation because I empathize with the situation that people are having, um, particularly on the West Coast. A lot of people out of work right now. But, you know, we're in the live entertainment business, you know, and, and that's what we're here to do. And I think the one thing I've been saying, it's, it's kind of one of my new taglines is wrestling is basically going to be AI proof. Where every other business, including my business in music, is going to be affected by AI. I don't think AI is going to affect wrestling at all. Because you can't AI wrestling. Mm-hmm. You can't AI, you know, LA Knight or, you know, EC3 or, you know, Chelsea Green. You just can't. You know, they're standalone, one-of-a-kind stars. NWA 75 has a lot to offer. I, I mentioned some of the names on the card. Uh, you mentioned EC3 just now. He's facing Tyrus in the main event. Uh is there a match, whether it's on this card or in general in the past few months that, you know, really highlights what you think the next few months or next few years of NWA is going to be? I think, uh, you know, you, you mentioned Colby and, and, and Colby Carino and Kerry Morton earlier. I love that because you've got this beautiful combination of things. You've got Kerry and Colby, multi-generation superstars. You know, Ricky Morton, one of the most decorated champions in NWA history. Steve Carino, Colby's father, former NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Steve now, of course, works for WWE behind the scenes. Very accomplished person, very intelligent person. Somebody I actually even worked with in ECW went once upon a moon long, long ago. Multi-generational talents, and here we have a chance to see really the future of the business. And I'm not trying to put that on their shoulders. What I'm saying is there are moments when you can go, like people point back to like Eddie Guerrero and Jericho at this one moment in WCW. I think we're ha- we're about to have another one of those moments. Mm-hmm. Tony Khan snatched up a lot of the great independent talent and helped build what is now AEW. And those stars are starting to have their own moments, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh <clears throat> I think now we're starting to look at, okay, well, what's the next generation of stars that's coming? And I think you see it with the Page sisters in the NWA, uh, Colby and, and Harry having a, a match for the NWA Junior Heavyweight title. I just love that because, you know, I don't know, it, maybe I'm a bit sentimental, but like it might be one of those matches that you look back a few years from now and you go, okay, that was the beginning of this other thing that we didn't necessarily see coming. Um, and in the case of both those gentlemen, they both grew up in the business. So there's that other sense of history that they bring to the table. I, I, I that, That's the stuff I love. Yeah. Yeah. I, I talked to Carrie not too long ago and, you know, it, it's been fun to sort of see him find himself on camera. Like he seems like he's a lot more confident and he's always been very charismatic, but there's just like something else. And, you know, Colby, the same thing. It, it really feels like he's coming into his own. Um so that really should be an exciting match. 
anything else you want to cover before we get out of here? We, you know, we talked about the cards, some potential plans for NWA uh, that we can revisit in a few years, but anything you, you want to plug promote before we get out of here? No, last thing I would say is, and thank you for the time. I think what's really cool is, you know, when we first started doing the NWA uh, anniversary events, you brought up NWA 70. You know, my thought was, okay, well, we've got to work with other promotions. We've got to kind of make this a standalone event. Obviously, a few years ago, we did Empower, and we work with talent from AW and AAA, uh, Impact 2. Um, now at NWA 75, we've actually built something where we have almost no outside talent coming in. Both pay-per-view nights are covered essentially from the NWA roster. I think that's quite an accomplishment. We have Jack Cartwheel coming in for AAA uh, for, a, for a, a number one contenders match, which is great. I saw Jack wrestle uh, in Mexico when we did the World is a Vampire there. And I, you know, we reached out to Conan and said we'd like to book Jack for this event. Because I think he's a one, another one of those talents that people don't really know his, know him. Mm -hmm. Very, very talented. Reminds me of a, a really young Jack Evans, you know, like has that level of like, wow, factor in his ability in, in ring. Um, and then, of course, Matt Cardona, the ultimate independent uh, agent uh i love that matt's going to be involved but, but outside of jack and and matt cardona coming in i don't think there's any other talent that's coming in you know unless we have a surprise but outside of that it's all nwa so i feel very proud of that and um if i if you allow me to drive one small other parallel back to music for one second when I started a band, there was always people in my ear telling me you should sound more like this and less like that. And I resisted all that. And I was successful with my my vision for music. And it's been the same in, in, in wrestling. Not too surprisingly, really, if I think about it. But there's always people in my ear. Oh, you should do more of this and less of that. And this is working. And why don't you have this? And somehow I've kind of wound around to the same place, which is like, no, I, I know what I want the NWA to be. So if you look at NWA 75, and it's for you, great. And if it isn't, we can respect that. But it is who we are. Like, this is our company. And I think if you see that there's not a lot of negative chatter around the NWA, uh, we have a very good reputation with our locker room. Uh, we argue we have probably the strongest women's division in, in the game. I think you see a real commitment to build a company that has a unified vision. And in that, not in style, but in that, that very much reminds me of ECW. And I at least have a little ability to say that because I was in that locker room many times, I was around that company, I helped promote that company, I wasn't even, even in the ring a couple times. Um, now, unfortunately, it was towards the end of the, you know, the, the period when things started to kind of go south. But I was around for two, three years, and I got to really experience what made ECW so special. And my friend uh, Lou D'Angeli, many people would know him as Sign Guy Dudley, Lou now working behind the scenes for Impact Wrestling and Marketing. When, when ECW broke up, when it was over and the McMahons had bought it and it was fractured, never to return, obviously, other than the WWE version, but that ECW was gone. I said to Lou, as he sort of was bemoaning, you know, what had been a very important thing for him over, you know, seven, eight, ten years of his life. I said, people will talk about this like they talk about Led Zeppelin. And, you know, this will go down as a legendary promotion. And that prediction has turned out to be true. That doesn't make me Nostradamus. What I'm saying is I've had the experience of being in a band that had a moment and I was around other special bands, whether it be Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Green Day. There's a certain vibe that happens in a particular culture that 
that is ultimately the most valuable. It's the hardest thing to find, but when you get it right, it has the most value. Mm -hmm. So having seen that with ECW, having experienced it in my own life, we're just starting to get that right now with the NWA. And so I really hope that people will one day look back fondly on this period and say, okay, he was on to something and I'm glad I was there to watch it because it's a rare thing if you can catch that wave. Because it doesn't happen a lot in wrestling anymore because everything's so obvious. And sometimes wrestling does benefit from being a little bit quiet and under the radar. And I think every year the NWA just gets stronger and stronger. So huge milestone, 75 years of a continuous company, which is crazy. Good years and bad years, 75 years of lineal titles, you know, which is crazy. I mean, think about it. That's just not so that you can literally trace the title that Tyrus is going to hold all the way back through, you know, to the beginning. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I respect it. I I like that, you know, the 10 pounds of gold is the 10 pounds of gold. It hasn't changed. Yeah. Uh, the Burke, if we're talking like specifically about championships, like they don't have to look a certain way. You can pay homage to the past, but you can also bring the past to the present. I'll close by saying here's to the next five years and good luck this Thank weekend. You. <laughs> yeah, I always try to tell the talent, and I'll, I'll finish with this. I always try to tell the talent, this is our world. We can do with it whatever we want. Yes, wrestling has its rules, and everybody does the things the way they do. With the NWA, you, to the talent, and I, we have the opportunity to create something completely new, if we could think of it. Mm -hmm. And that's exciting. That's an exciting opportunity. So thank you to the fans that have been supportive, and we'll see you at NWA 75. It's going to be a crazy weekend. I'm coming right off the tour going to do nwa 75 two days of television in nashville and going right back on the tour so i feel like crazy person but it's it's definitely worth it for the nwa thanks for your time uh best of luck and try to get some rest in between <laughs> thank you my friend take care right. Bye -bye. you too